electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Pre-market is uh, stabilizing after Tuesday's sell-off. A lot of moving pieces today. Mega cap tech, uh, Ukraine, First Republic, potential house vote on the debt limit, Brent back below 80. Our roadmap begins with big tech, though. NASDAQ futures rallying after those better-than-expected results from Alphabet and Microsoft, but in this major blow to Microsoft, the UK blocking the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. David is working the phones. We'll get his reporting coming up. And we'll also talk a bit about First Republic. Uh, That stock continues its dramatic slide, of course, as that regional bank looks for what is an increasingly unlikely rescue deal. Shares of Boeing are rallying. It is planning to boost its max production despite an ongoing manufacturing snag. CEO Dave Calhoun is going to be with us just a few minutes. Let's begin with the UK regulators blocking the Microsoft Activision deal. The country's CMA saying such a combination would substantially reduce competition in this new cloud gaming market. Both companies say they'll appeal that decision. Activision stating, quote, the UK is clearly closed for business uh, David, and then Brad Smith with a strongly worded uh, statement of his own. Yeah, they can say what they want at Microsoft and Activision. Activision is being good here in terms of making sure it's going to secure its $3 billion breakup fee. And so it is being a, a very true partner here by saying a lot of things as well and going along with this idea of appealing the CMA decision. When the CMA originally came out a couple of months back, remember, it was what, early February with a very negative potential review here. It looked like They were going to say no because they were also looking at the console market. We said the deal was mostly dead. Then they reversed themselves and said, nope, we're okay with the console. We're just looking at cloud. And the market rallied and everybody said, well, and we included said, this thing's no longer mostly dead. It looks very much alive. Well, now you're much closer to all dead. Um, The likelihood of an appeal here of the CMA's decision is exceedingly slim. Something I tweeted earlier. You can take a look at... uh, past uh, uh, efforts there. Um, they won't get there most likely, uh, and certainly within, not within any sort of time frame that anybody would care about. It could take as long as a year. Uh, there is no statutory timeline for review. They have to make that appeal within four weeks. They say they're going to do it. That's fine. And then the average review period, again, this is UBS, which took a look at this as five and a half months. Some have gone as long as a year, but none over the last few years have been successful. Not one appeal has been successful. And so, guys, it does look highly unlikely uh, that Microsoft and Activision will prevail here, uh, even though there are many who say, what are they doing in the UK? They're basing this on a market that doesn't even fully exist at this point. So their conclusion about it being the most powerful operator in a fast developing market for cloud gaming, well, yeah, but it hasn't even developed yet. How can you go there um, but it puts them in line, Jim, with our own FTC I'm so in many glad you ways. That because the FTC, Lena Cotton, he wrote a, a seminal article, a law review article, about how I know this is going to sound very communist, 
uh, and I don't mean it to, but the idea that rich people are the only people who benefit from mergers and poor people don't benefit, it was a doctrinal article. In other words, it said that there frankly is a big mistake in the way we handle antitrust in this country. Antitrust, we must block everything because the only people who gain are the ones who don't need anything. I'm wondering, is this the doctrine that's now prevailing in the UK? You know, you have to wonder that because this is a very curious decision, uh, based at least on the facts as we know them. And it even is more surprising in the sense that Microsoft seemed to be winning the argument over time from the initial review, remember, that looked so right. negative, to where they seem to be. The body language, by the way, from Microsoft, as best we could tell, was very positive. I mean, they had meetings on Friday at the CMA. Uh, many people took that to, to sort of look as a, as a very optimistic point. Why would you be meeting with them if you weren't hammering out any details about sort of an agreement, so to speak? Um, the market was wrong. But was there a premonition? And Nadella last night uh, talked about great content, Flywheel, talked about the subscription product, did not mention uh, Activision Blizzard. Almost as if he had an inkling, but I he mean, didn't. Maybe, I think he just was trying to say, hey, listen, I don't need it. Unclear. Either way, it, I do well. Yeah, uh, but again, I think the point now has got to be that it, it, they're not moving on as of yet, it's and Activision needs to wait until Microsoft finally pulls the plug. But as we've said many times, this was the most important decision of all the regulatory reviews, in part because the appeals process itself is so long, so complicated, right. and so difficult to win. In fact, almost... I mean, well, we haven't seen a win in a very, very, very long time, as long as the, the, the reviews have gone back. And we will be talking to Dave Gitlin from Carrier. Now, this would be a German review, but if it's similar as this doctrine that the UK is propounding, well, that deal's not going to happen. Yeah, the, the, the deal that actually people are now wondering about is VMware, that deal. Oh, I know. Uh, because that's Jeez. in front of the CMA as well. Immediately. And there were going to be, you know, positive vibes for VMware if, in fact, the CMA, as was expected at this point, approved the transaction. Um, what a let's talk a little about let's talk a little bit about Activision stock price, though, okay. because there are those who say, listen, you know, the downside should not be that great. And mm -hmm. frankly, nine percent is not. Remember, the stock was not trading even here not that long ago. It only moved up past this point when the CMA seemed to reverse right. itself a few weeks back. Um, if you put an EA uh, multiple on it and you get as much as, Jim, what, four bucks in earnings, oh, you get close to an $80, not to mention they're taking in $3 billion in a breakup fee, most likely, and that won't be till July when the merger agreement finally runs out unless Microsoft pulls the plug prior to that. Uh, they're going to have $10 billion in cash. Are there people who just have to sell because they don't know? I mean, arbitrageurs who don't know the difference between, like, a blizzard that you get at Dairy Queen and this Activision thing? No, the arbitrageurs are fine. They, 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 who's they, selling they, it? They know what's going on. But they're, the, the ones who are, they're the ones who are talking about, given the hurt they're taking today, that there wasn't that much downside because they do believe the fundamental well, value of Activision has actually increased recently and the company's in a much better place than it was prior to this deal being announced. 78 bid for mill. Okay. Okay. You're there? 78, 78 bid for a million, million yeah. right here. Kind of like Trillium. Trillium. For, oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to bring it up for Getty Images. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, we, we knew this was an important day. We expected it was going to go differently from Microsoft. And now the question simply is, despite their saying that they're going to appeal, frankly, most people say when they're right. going to choose yeah. it's time to, to move on. To move on. It's time move to move on to Boeing. Yeah, there well, we go. Before we finish that, though, I mean, um, the stock's not moving a whole lot relative to what it did after the, the call. 
And I wonder, is it trading this morning on Activision or this idea that uh, well, costs are going to be, quote, low in fiscal 24? Well, uh, I, look, Microsoft was incredible. You know what it reminded me of? Last night, there was a great basketball game. Ice tray, three-pointer at the end. I wish we could see that because you would see this is Microsoft last night versus Activision Blizzard today, David. I don't know if you've seen it. Well, Microsoft. Oh, oh, look at this. oh wow. We've got Holy this. Holy cow. What's happening here? I don't, I don't know what we're watching. I think. There it is. Oh, my God. Ice tray. That's Microsoft's That's quarter? Microsoft. Amy Hood. Just ice tray. Yeah. Well, I, I think one, so one of the titles of this morning, maybe it was Wolf, uh, Softy Saves Software. Is that saying too much? No. I mean, Microsoft was like, okay, everybody thinks that tech's done. Zuckerberg's the only guy. We're not only efficient, but we're going we're gonna to raise numbers for things that you never even thought were doing well. Right. PCs. David. And this is before the benefit from, uh, from ChatGPT, before any real benefit in the enterprise there that was, they're there seeing from artificial times. intelligence. Uh, AI was mentioned 50 times. Another 20 times, I think the stock will be up 25. <laughs> All right. You do Boeing. We'll get back to Microsoft and Alphabet uh, in a little bit. We're not done here. No, we're not we done. We should kill the break. I think we're going to. Thank you. Uh, but before we do, let's get to Boeing. Uh, rising in the pre-market, wider than expected loss. Uh, but the guidance on the 737 MAX is lifting the stock. Let's get to Phil LeBeau, who has a very special guest. Hey, Phil. Hey, Carl. Dave Calhoun. We'll talk about the guidance on the MAX deliveries and production in just a bit. But I have to ask you about the wider than expected loss. A lot of this has to do still with the supply chain and the challenges and the fact that you your costs are a little bit higher because you still have to work extensively with your suppliers. Where is the status as far as that system improving? Well, the, the gross loss that we've been experiencing over the last couple of years and continuing into this year are still related to uh, a very large pile of rework costs associated with the finished airplanes that we've had in our possession ever the since the max grounding. So we started with 450. We're now down in the low 200s. We work our way through that. It won't be until those shadow factories that do the rework on those airplanes are shut down uh, toward the end of next year. So we will continue to make progress, progress, but the gross loss is uh, what we have to contend with. And we have to reflect every, every notice of defect from a supplier in those numbers because we've got to meet the conformance standards that the FAA has. Why don't the analysts take this into consideration? A little bit more, or is it hard for them to game this out? No, I think they do. I, I, I'm, their models all understand this progress, and so um, I, I give them credit for doing that. We also had, not to be lost on this, another charge in the first quarter related the to the tanker. Two hundred million. It's a, it's a, it's a supplier disclosure we made in the, about the middle of the first quarter, uh, and we're working our way through that and just about through. Let's talk about the max delivery guidance. You keep it at four to four fifty. One reason why the stock is moving higher. Yet we've heard from United, other airlines, customers of yours who have said we're not going to be getting the full complement of maxes that we thought we would be giving this year. Getting this year, how can you maintain that delivery guidance, even as some of your customers are saying we're going to have to push out uh, when we get certain maxes? Yeah. So, Phil, first and foremost, um, the worst part of the notice of defect that we got is the timing. It hits them right in the center of their summer schedules at their busiest moment. And when we have to defer deliveries through that period of time, it costs some real money. So uh, apologies to everyone. We're working very closely with them. And I think most of what we've uh, uh, had to deal with has already shown up in their scheduling uh, changes. Uh, uh, with respect to our annual deliveries, when we gave our guidance, 
we didn't just assume the supply chain was 100% better on day one. Uh, quite the opposite. We knew we would have to contend with issues over the course of the year. It, they're getting smaller. They're getting more contained. But that's what happened in this case. So we still believe we're within that guidance. Um, uh, we are clearly going to defer some things from the second quarter and a little bit of the third quarter into the fourth. But on balance, we, we think we're in pretty good shape to make that guidance. Dave, Jim's got a question for you. Jim? Now, Dave, this seems to be the quarter where people are saying, you know what? They have these problems, but I think that their demand is so strong that we have to stick with it no matter what. Can you talk about, rather than, like, say, a five-day uh, outlook, how about a five-year outlook on demand? Well, Jim, it's, you know, it is the right question. We're, we are living in, an, in a demand-crazy moment. Um, I think part of it is simply the return of traffic now, the return of China. International traffic continues to accelerate at a fast pace. And the rightful concerns on the part of our airline customers that the supply chain has been constrained and will stay that way. And so the orders now are actually, in many cases, exceeding five years of demand. So uh, it is a very robust moment. Our job is to make sure that we're transparent about the constraints that we face and that we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. But yes, it is a, uh, it's a very robust market. Let's talk about the most recent Spirit incident. I wanted, I, look, I, these happened, but I thought that the resolution of it and the FAA's agreement that you did do the right thing were done in a way that seems that it's no longer punitive. You, three days, FAA said fine. So tell me about the process. It seems like it's a little more smooth. Well, this is a great subject because it's, uh, uh, you know, we hate every one of these and we hate it for our customers. On the other hand, we have a supply chain that now has been trained to raise their hand when they see anything that looks abnormal. Somebody raised their hand. Within three days, everyone had assessed when that issue began, when it had occurred. We had contained the issue, and we immediately started working with our partner spirit on the remedies. That is the way a system is supposed to work, and so I'm, I, I, I'm not going to find fault with any of that. Um, we are in the process now of doing the rework at larger and larger scale so that we can work our way through this. We have been transparent with everybody. Sadly, transparency is a double-edged sword. You know, uh, with respect to regulators and customers, it's critically important that we do it so that they know how to adjust. And with investors, there's always a moment of speculation that's difficult, and I understand that. So our job is to try to contain that as quickly as we can, and therefore we give this guidance today as, uh, as a testament to that. Dave, let me ask you about 737 Max production. You're at 31 a month now. Today you're saying, confirming publicly for the first time, you're going up to 38 per month by the end of this year at some point, and then the target is 50 in 25-26 time frame. If China starts to accept deliveries again of the Maxes, does that production schedule get increased from there, in your opinion, or is China sort of an outlier like, not gravy, but you're not factoring in the anticipation of any deliveries. It'll happen again at some point, but it's not into your, your planning at this point? Yeah, it's, uh, first of all, with respect to our guidance, we have uh, left it out of our guidance so that our investors could understand what Boeing looks like without it. We continue to work very closely with our Chinese customers. We are making progress. Every operator is flying their MAX today. More than half of the airplanes that they had parked are now flying. Uh, so we're in a pretty good place there. And yeah, I do believe that the prospect of deliveries could happen. Um, that won't change our production rates. Our production rates, as I look forward, all the way out to 50 are still a function of supply constraints. They are not a function of demand. So the demand part of this one is the longer 
anyone takes the place orders, uh, unfortunately, uh, those orders are likely to be satisfied in, in further and further out years. And as you look at China, I know you're not going to put a time frame for when deliveries begin, but paint a picture for the demand that is there right now. Because I'm not sure we understand in this country what it looks like as it opens up and what the airlines there are facing. Well, I mean, they're back to business. Um, domestic travel is already back to that pre-COVID moment. Um, and they're going to continue to grow. And the international traffic's a little, probably a little over half of what it used to be. And it will grow. And I just talked to a carrier yesterday who talked about increasing their international flights in and out of China tenfold. So it, this is what is going on. And it's a big part of the demand bump that's out there. Again, for our investors, if this happens and if we're fortunate enough to support China and we want to support China in every way, uh, if we're fortunate enough, it will, it will simply take some risk out of our forward schedules and our cost curves uh, because we can get back to delivering these airplanes to their intended customers. Dave, yep. thank you very much. Dave Calhoun, Thanks, CEO Phil. of Boeing. On a day, guys, yes, a wider than expected loss, but it's all about the guidance on, on max deliveries this year and max production rates over the next couple of years. We'll send it back to you. All right, good stuff, Phil. Thank you so much, uh, Phil LeBeau, this morning. A lot to get to today, including a closer look at quarterly results from Microsoft and Alphabet. We'll talk some First Republic, extending losses after yesterday's nearly 50% plunge, latest on the beleaguered regional bank. We'll talk about some other companies that either affirmed or raised guidance today. Humana, Hilton, ADP, Carrier, Dover, Otis, Boston Properties. When we come back. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back. We're keeping a close eye on shares of First Republic, at least as a reflection of investors' beliefs about the ability of that bank to continue as a going concern, essentially. Uh, seven bucks a share. Not much equity value left. Yesterday, of course, we first reported about a plan that First Republic uh, was, uh, was pursuing, uh, hoping to get the government's help as well and pressuring a number of the nation's biggest banks to step up and buy um, loans and securities from its balance sheet at a higher price than they otherwise would get in the market uh, and therefore help it to clean up that said balance sheet in order for it to go out and raise equity. Um, problem is, at this point, as best I can tell uh, and as our sources uh, close to CNBC can tell, 
there does not appear to be a willingness on the part of, for example, the White House or Treasury to really pressure those banks to try to come to this table to, to the table to formulate this plan, this asset sale plan from, from uh, First Republic that would essentially help it to heal its balance sheet. And so the clock is ticking. Um, and we simply don't know at this point what that will mean, uh, whether the bank will be successful in navigating the days ahead or whether the FDIC, Jim, will have to simply say, you're done. Uh, which, of course, would then result in a $30 billion hit to the FDIC's fund, most likely. Assessments on those same very banks that would potentially have been asked to come to its assistance that already did to a certain extent back on March 16th when they deposited $30 billion at the bank to try to uh, bolster confidence. Um, you know, J.P. Morgan alone is about 11 percent of the FDIC insurance fund. So if there's an assessment, it gets assessed 11 percent of whatever that is. Well, David, how about uh, the, uh, let's say, flailing offer that First Republic's giving these banks to, uh, you can get some equity, maybe you can get something going on if you give us more money, or is that just good after bad? You know, their feeling is, listen, uh, you, um, you're, you don't get the assessment, you otherwise will if we're actually taken over. You don't deal with the risk of another bank failure and what that will mean to the system. Um, by the way, you're a depositor here, and it is going to require the FDIC to essentially uh, change um, uh, you know, its definition in terms of, uh, it's, it's going to require them to make a systemic exemption to allow all deposits to be covered. I mean, will they actually say no? They oh won't, the unlikely. Press, the press here for these unlikely, guys. but... Well, David, uh, how about the, um, the loans, which nobody would want, I imagine, because they were offering mortgages at terrible rates for the uh, bank and great rates for the rich. Yeah. Well, the bank, I mean, that's the, the other side is that many of these large banks will say, well, we're getting the customers anyway. The wealth advisors right. are already moving over to oh, our platforms. No. The assets are already moving. We're going to be able to move in on your mortgage business and your high net worth client base over time. So why are we going to put anything up to save well, you to be able to compete against us in the future? When Jamie Dimon lent, puts a deposit in, doesn't he expect that the bank itself will start discussions, finding some some deep-pocketed investors making some moves. Well, the problem, what did they do? The they brought Tom Barrickin. Yeah, the problem all along has been that finding a buyer, as we've said, was virtually impossible without a government assistance of some kind because you would take such a big hit to your own book value given the write-downs that would have to take place on their assets. $25 billion is the number I've been using yeah, for quite some time. That's what I'm hearing. So it's getting close now. Uh, the, you know, we've got to stay, stay uh, focused on it. That said... And again, the reason the government may be very reluctant to get involved is it's not seen as a systemic risk. No. It's weeks now, no. Carl, since the mini banking crisis right. really occurred, and they've given the, the market time to adjust. Right. Well, look at, uh, look at PACW today, which, is, which the desk commentary argues is more Western Alliance than FRC. Right. Well, look, I, I, I do blame FRC. I mean, I do think that they, uh, at certain points, should have been flagged for what they were doing. We did know that they were lending against pre-IPO. But what I, I really didn't care for, uh, David, you can attest to this, is there actually, I would say, arrogant attitude. Kind of, what are you worried about here? You know, Who, we have uh, rich people love First us. Republic. Yeah, we have rich people love you us. You don't feel that they 
had the necessary focus and attention in terms of the where they were. Really, after it was right after Signature Bank. We all, I mean, we've been talking about this no, for months well, now. Because when you, you don't get, think that they shared that concern? No, it's just that when they get that money, they were like, hey, what money? The deposit money. Yeah, but the, the deposit money was just, I mean, it's deposits. It wasn't equity. Well, I just think that they handle it as if, they, well, problem solved. Well, no, nobody thought. I don't think. Well, it clearly wasn't. It was a hope that it would change the psychology around the bank. Psychology. Yeah. But it did stem the deposit flows. Well, I saw a lot of hedge funds come on and say, you got to buy it at 15. There were a lot of 15 buyers. They felt very confident. Go back to the tape. Go back to the tape. There were a lot of, there were a lot of Celtics. Well, they thought they'd outrun this. Problem yeah, is, the, it was a zombie bank. Celtics. Yeah. Uh, some of the downgrades yesterday were more like eight as a fair yeah. value, which it's eight, ten I right just, now. See, I just remember everyone saying, this is it. This is your chance. David, the train was leaving the station. Yeah, it didn't. The hedge funds. It didn't leave the station. It, thought it was Hasn't made it out. It was turned out to be too early. Yeah. By the way, seven. Too early. We'll watch it. Obviously, regional is a big piece of the puzzle this morning. Opening bells coming up in just about four minutes. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. We saw uh, the lower income consumer, so households earning less than $70,000 slow down uh, probably about a year ago now. And fortunately, we've seen a little bit of an uptick in that consumer with us, still below where we were uh, about a year ago with that consumer. And then we continue to see a lot of strength in the uh, higher income groups so those earning more than $70,000 of income continue to come to Chipotle with greater frequency. And that takes us to today's mad dash. I well, guess yeah. I know where we're headed. Well, I, I want to be clear. That was probably the only even slightly negative on what was an amazing call. Now, David, I don't know where you are on the El Pastor. You know what that is? Well, I mean, I had it yesterday. It's like fantastic. But this is the first time that I actually heard on a call saying, listen, we have some, me- some meals that people love, and maybe we'll continue. I, I immediately called Jack Hart on the CFI. I said, we need the El Pastor. I'm not kidding. This was an actual, we have really good food. People love us. Avocados are down in price. This is, we've got food. food. They have a new clamshell, David, that makes chicken much faster. This thing is, this thing's going to 2000. Do not. Do not pass go. All right. This was Black 2000. One of the great conference calls I've heard. And every time they try to hit Tim Bryan down, he goes, listen, we've got a program. It's working. You've got to listen to this call. You've got to. Chipotle, the love of the food. I want everybody who reads this is going to order right now. Putting up two, I love there was a little throwaway line which says, hey, we have to put up a lot of scores because there's so much demand. Remember those days? Nice. Right? Nice to have a lot of demand. No FTC. No gushing down. No commercial real estate. There you go. I heard about every other word, but I'm sure it was good. Uh, It was was. too loud in here this morning. He really likes Chipotle, Carl. Chipotle margins were good. Oh, my God. It was... 
He likes Tobacco eating there. That. He likes sleeping there. No, there isn't he likes the stock. No, I never had to sleep in their lot because they didn't exist. I slept in McDonald's lots. <laughs> By the way, Dave, but, we didn't even get to Boston properties, yes, which was good. But, but, but first, opening bell, the, the yeah. reason it's so loud down here at the big board, uh, it's uh, Room to Read uh, joining us, uh, ringing the bell, supporting girls' education and literacy at the NASDAQ. It's the Fresh Air Fund providing outdoor experiences to New York City's underserved children. Uh, Jim, we were mentioning the number of companies that had Upward guidance, and you're right, uh, BXP is one of them. But it's not supposed to. I mean, it's one of those conference calls at Boston Properties, a huge REIT, skyscraper REIT. And David, uh, you're on the call, and it's good. And you're saying, no, it isn't. Stop it. Don't say those good things. You can't. You've got to be negative. And then you're with Judy Marks from Otis. It's good. You said, no, come right. on, man. You can't say good I things. Mean, the reason you're talking about this is, is, is not because of the, I mean, the size of these companies is small. Uh, uh, it's because of the, big, no, it's big. because of what it means for commercial real estate. Well, I'm just saying. And right, so right. the takeaway is more positive than perhaps a lot of what we hear, because it's, every day in the marketplace, all you hear is it's bad and getting worse. Yeah, I, it, tech and life sciences buildings are good. Modest guidance people. Remember, they've been saying this, Boston Properties. They spoke about a month ago, and they said things are right. good. And they talked about the Salesforce Tower and all the demand. I guess what I'm saying is, is that the reports of commercial real estate being dead are premature. Well, I wouldn't want to own an office building in a uh, major metropolitan we area got, if it was a B it. or anything. No, I can't. Of course I can't right. afford it. Well, I might be able to at some point. Somebody might be willing to give it to me. Okay, so. They might hand me the keys. The land is worth 40% of the building. So if you knock down the building, you get 40%. To, to convert is a level of square foot that costs so much that you need so whatever much. whatever happened with this Deutsche. People should come to New York, see the Bankers Trust building next door to us, because they turned it. It's one of the most beautiful. This is uh, one wall? Yeah, one wall, yeah. and also the old uh, AIG building. Yeah, down the street City there. service. Yeah. Those cost a fortune. One wall they is do really, it. really there's nice. 40, yeah. There's 40,000 uh, off different offices that could be used. But anyway, I just felt a little better about commercial real estate after I read BXP and after I talked to Judy Marks. All right. Uh, let's talk about a mega cap, which we haven't even mentioned, Alphabet. Um, How is it we haven't mentioned that? Uh, well, because we had Boeing at the top. We had to talk about Microsoft. Obviously, growth at Azure was 27%, I think. It was the lowest growth they've seen. But, right? I thought Azure was 31. Azure 31. Was Sorry, I'm getting... Amal- they had an amalgam. I apologize. They had I'll, amalgam. I'll, let me defer to Carl on the numbers because I may have Google, misremembered. But Google Cloud broke out. Now, some, oh, some, I heard some naysayers saying, well, they put apples and oranges. Give me a break. Well, they actually Th- made money for yeah, the first Thomas time. Thomas Curran is just... T- he's killing it. And I thought this conference call was just fantastic. I thought Ruth Porat was finally listening to those critics. Me. Does, does that mean that Alphabet is going to cut more jobs? Well, I think that when, when you say they're listening, not hiring, that'd be a hard job to get. And by There's the way, Microsoft shares which are up dramatically. But take a look at Alphabet. This is the beginning of what I regard as the Google Cloud YouTube era. YouTube, they finally started talking about the NFL. I was trying to say, like, do you guys know it's the greatest property in the world? They bought the NFL package. Yeah, I know, but YouTube revenue was down two six. But this yeah. is about to change with the NFL package. I think people. I mean, I'm, everybody's scrambling to get but it. That, but, that's a, but that's but, brand advertising that goes away early. It's not as strong as as they, resilient as search advertising. It's not unexpected. They, I don't know why that's going to improve just because they own the NFL. But they did better. Package. I mean, they were using. I'm sorry, I'm not buying into the name. I have been negative on Google. I've been ripping them. 
I thought Ruth Port answered on many, Ruth Port as the CFO, many issues in terms of trying to finally get rain costs in. Well, I, Ray, Ray J goes to 130 from 119. Yes. Morgan Stanley goes to 140. I guess the question is, would it be higher if Ruth hadn't said that CapEx will be modestly higher? No, it wouldn't have been. That, that was terrific. Yeah. The buyback matters. But David, if you want to know what really matters, how about this? We're talking about cloud. We are the. I'm over here. I don't know what you're looking at. I'm looking for we, my. I'm looking for my earnings reports, but I don't have them. Uh, okay, but how about this? Yeah. This is uh, Sundar saying this. He goes. We are the only cloud provider to announce availability of NVIDIA's new L4 Tensor Core. Now, that it, I only, the only better one better was when Satya said that they, too, are on NVIDIA, powered by NVIDIA. That's what this conference call was about, Alphabet's Google Cloud, powered by NVIDIA. I like all right, so you come out of this quarter more positive on Alphabet. Absolutely, you can't. Um, I mean, you're sitting there, I'm screaming at Ruth, look, do this, do that. She exceeds me, raises me, and I'm supposed to say, no, it's not enough? What was, what was overall revenue? Did they have revenue growth? What was it, 2%? What, at, at Alphabet? Yeah. They had 2.6%, maybe? Um, revenue up 2.6, the yeah. fourth the, lightest in, a custom, in company history. Yeah. Look, the, the, I mean, they took what am I paying for a 2.6% grower there? Well, you're just seeing the beginning of what I call a significant multi-year effort underway to create savings. That was the theme. Look, okay, so I shouldn't even be looking at the revenue number. I should be looking at the earnings number. They, look, because it's going to cost, continue to go up even if revenue's done. Costs were out of control. They admitted the costs were out of control. I think Amazon is going to admit the I think, David, this is the year of efficiency, not just for Zuckerberg. Others have heard the call. Mm-hmm. And Alphabet's talking about efficiency, which is not something I've ever heard from them. Okay. I've heard of inefficiency. I've heard of reckless spending. I've heard of I don't care about Wall aren't Street. Investors, I've heard of arrogance. Aren't investors, though, going to be very much focused on their franchise and search, their monopoly and search, whether it's under siege, whether Microsoft has and will continue to have a lead on them as they really start to deploy ChatGPT in the enterprise? Well, that's all the negatives, absolutely. And I know that, but I thought that AI could be meaningful for them. No, as I mean, addition. it may be that they... they look, they had better than expected operating margin, which matters because they've had worse than expected mar- operating margin. They had strong cash flows. Ruth announces a $70 billion share purchase. When you just sit there and just say, I used to believe in Ruth, but she has to do this, this, and this, and she does more than that, I'm not going to say, well, she didn't do it. I'm not one of those move the goalpost kind of people. Where do you think it'd be trading if not for the buyback? Right. I still think it's going to go higher from here, so I would yeah. say it would be, this is the level where people are still too bearish. It was up three last night. I, I like the call. I hear all the things that everybody's saying. But I thought that Google had gotten to the point where they were completely out of touch. And I have just said to them over and over again, you've got to fire some of the people that you hired. You hired so many people last year. But $2.6 billion in charge to make things more rational, I, I don't think you can get a job. That, I, I, I bet you two people leave for everyone they hire. Yeah, and they're rationalizing a lot of real estate. Yes! Uh, Ruth Porat, though, did talk about how cloudy the, uh, the outlook is in the back half. Take a listen to this. In terms of the operating environment, our results in the first quarter reflected ongoing headwinds due to a challenging economic environment, and the outlook remains uncertain. The point we're trying to underscore is um, there's uncertainty in the economic environment, and so we saw some headwind from slower growth of consumption with customers really looking to optimize their costs given that macro climate. 
She's not a Boolean about No, uh, and Microsoft was because they had these business lines that should have been hurt uh, by the fact that there's been uh, unrelenting cost takeout by people who, companies that use their just basic service software. I felt this was more boilerplate than people realize. I've heard this from a lot, a lot of people. Nikesh Aurora last night, uh, who is now wasn't his earnings call, but this is Palo Alto saying the same thing. It's very difficult and dangerous, I think, even to say that things are not uncertain. You got to use the word uncertain at least four or five times, David. You do. Uncertain well, they use uncertain. Things are. They are uncertain. They, were, fact, they weren't uncertain at Microsoft. They have to admit. I that. find that they're almost always uncertain. You know what really is uncertain? Uh, the deal with Carrier? No, the future. future tends to be uncertain. The uncertain. Yeah. Well, the real visionaries don't say that. I guess they don't. And the crazy people. I have found through experience that the future is uncertain. Well, there you I can go. share that with you. It's going to be a good call one day if a, if a CEO says the, the future is quite the future certain. Is certain. <laughs> uh, uh, the future is now. Great, great future is now. Uh, look, here's, uh, can I go to a name that we don't talk about that often? Yeah, Jim, yeah. But look, somehow can, you're going to know. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Make it sounds Karnak like. Here. Give me something here. Do uh, an envelope. It's give, it's based, Give me this. Give me this. <laughs> it was one of the first semiconductor companies in Texas the world. Texas Instruments Thank is you. so arrogant. <laughs> I love it. There are moments in that call where it was Belichick. It was like basically, well, you go figure it out, Joker. Now, I will say that at one point the stock was down 11. And why? Because they said, listen, we're now cycling through, even industrial, maybe getting weaker. But the ultimate thing that they said, David, it was like a Jeopardy show. What is, you got to answer it in the form of a question. So someone said, is industrial good? Well, what do you think? Everything was in the form of a question. I, I absolutely love the Texas Instruments guys because they basically have, they have if you're going to do a conference call just a little better than First Republics, where at the end it said, like, you may disconnect. I was like, Wait a second. You just said you're losing all your money. Texas Instruments is like, we're doing really well. They have with you. Automotive is really good. PCs might be bottoming. Don't forget that we are part of a cycle. The cycle's different. And I love them because they have a great balance sheet because they really have a – they're Boy, the future's certain for those guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's almost the lows for the year. They did say all end markets are weaker, maybe, right. except for auto. Except for auto. The midpoint on the June quarter guidance is below the street. But at the same time, they did talk about, look, it's cycles. We're going to cycle through. And PCs were bad, but it's been four quarters. And then servers and data centers. They gave you at least some sense that, look, it is business as usual for us. We've seen it. This cycle is a little elongated. They used to all trade down at once. David, you have to go read them just in terms of like telling analysts, basically. But what do you think? What did we just say? What did you like? Did you listen? You know, that, that kind of thing. But uh, is there a read through from Texas Instruments for the broader chip market in some way? Yeah, yes, we- there is. Which is that it com- confirms that they have ha- that the chip market is not trading in sync this time. That PCs were well ahead of when servers uh, when servers servers are still in early PCs bottom. No, PC, they said four quarters. They said four quarters. They basically implied that PCs are going to bottom. I hear that from others. Yeah. And I didn't feel that way after Microsoft. But you're still in the server and data center downturn. Right. Industrials, yes. First quarter downturn, perhaps. Automotive, could it be next? They certainly left it open. Server, I mean, that server and and data center downturn with the advent of of ChatGPT and the computing power that it's going to need. I'm so glad you mentioned that because what I think is is there could be reacceleration. That's something that that I heard uh, Nikesh Aurora say from Palo Alto, there's going to be a reacceleration of the need. So they're going to burn through all this, all that they have and then have to add. And I think you're right. That was, I mean, if you, if you step back, you have to say to yourself, listen, 
AI, Carl, AI is going to be huge. It just wasn't huge yet. Although Alphabet did talk it up, and Microsoft did think that it, right, the future is now for AI. They're, they're, that's a big spur to growth. And it was mentioned uh, several times subtly that it is as big as, as when you first got a new cell phone. We first got sure. a cell phone. It is big. We don't want to underestimate it by any means. Uh, take a look at First Republic, by the way. Uh, halted here uh, come at uh, 683. That's just imbalances. Uh, yeah. All right. Imbalances. Not news. No. Not news. Uh, Jim, it does raise the question then whether yesterday's sell-off was just last-minute uh, hand-wringing in front of the... Uh, in front of Google, Microsoft, I or are we I, back on track at forty seventy seven? Well, I, I thought that there were a lot of good quarters yesterday, and nobody cared about them because people were starting to read into how big First Republic is. We have been saying, David has been saying, literally for two months, that it, no matter what you think, this is not systemic. But there's people who just don't hear it, and they were surprised and shocked to see what happened. And then we're right back into the Silicon Valley Bank world. Silicon Valley World Bank, by the way, turned out to be far more important than we thought. Yes. And I think this bank, while it's it, a lot of people are on the hook to it, it's just not as big. It's just not as big. No, but uh, there are always things that we're perhaps unaware of until right. we're made aware of them. Uh, basically saying we don't know what we don't know. I, I have a lot of them today. You want me to just keep going? Yeah, um, I'm ready. Yeah, but uh, so we'll just It's not we'll Data Dog. It's, Mongo, it's not MongoDB. I'll tell you those two. What about those two? They're on fire. They are. Well, they're, they're analogs to a lot of the stuff that we're hearing. By the way, Boeing's on fire. Um, we, we, got, we should mention Visa and Hilton. Oh, uh, The yes. comments out of Visa, outbound U.S. travel to all geographies, still running 150% of 2019. This was better than, this was, I felt that you go back to 2019 and you just went to own Visa, which David always mentioned is a huge company. Why is it only up 62 cents? That's First Republic. It's up $2.50. It was a fantastic quarter, a great clean quarter with great growth. I felt like I was transported to pre-COVID. I tried to remember what that what life was like. Yeah. Uh, they say we think the, cus- the consumer's still in good shape. Uh, and then Hilton raising guidance. That was as- tra- Hilton was a Trey Young quarter. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they're like raising 20. 20- David, don't stay at a hotel, okay? Because, oh, my God, look at this. Why do we keep, well, how do, do we have the rights to keep showing? I, I checked the rights before, yeah. Yeah, you what, did. Hours? You, mentioned it. you checked you them, mean, Jim? That's I checked good. the rights because I wanted the Trey Young. Yeah. This was just. No, I'm, but, I'm sure uh, in, the, in the middle of reading all your conference calls, you're checking with the lawyers about the rights as to whether we can use the Atlanta Hawks footage. I, yeah, we, we don't need this Why part. We do don't that? need ice tray. We don't need the ice tray. What's I did like when he goes, he does the thing. Ice tray. It's a great shot. But I just mean, Hilton was incredible, Carl. No resistance whatsoever to room rates going yeah. up. None. Um, does, does ADP here now at a, uh, what, 10-month low give you worries about employment? Well, I don't know. Paychecks, small, medium size is still pretty good. Uh, the large cap, they're just not hiring. They're, they're in the Ruth Porat film. I mean, Ruth Porat made a point. Look, I, why do I talk about Ruth Porat? I think she, ADP is, is worrisome itself uh, because they, this is big cap, uh, but it's big cap. People just, those are not hiring. And the reason why, you know, Ruth was the CFO who a lot of people see, think saved Morgan Stanley. She gets in, David, she has not talked about cost control until last night. Right. And so you think it is a seminal moment? Well, because I think that Google Cloud, she said over and over again, Jim, when this inflects, look out. Thomas Carrion, well, it inflected. Meta and Amazon, I just Carl, like word Meta and Amazon both up nicely this but morning in anticipation, can... perhaps, of their quarters. We'll that see what ruins Meta everything. <laughs> we'll see. Meta, Meta is tonight. I wish along David with Gitlin were here. I wish Gitlin were here to tell what the, what the story is. Oof. Carrier. David Gitlin. Oh, yes. 
Yeah. We're going to talk is. to Carrier. Uh, this $13 billion they call him Trey. acquisition. Uh, David Gidlin will join us at Post 9 to talk about the deal and some of the portfolio restructuring. As we go to break, watch bonds today. Uh, durables with a nice beat, but X-Trans not by as much. Three-tenths after a uh, negative two-tenths estimate. Back in a moment. Carrier Global announcing a deal to buy Wiesman Climate Solutions. It's worth around 13.2 billion U.S. dollars, at least the enterprise value. Joining us now at Post 9 to discuss is Carrier's chairman and CEO, Dave Gitlin. Good to have you back here at Post 9, Dave. Thanks, David, for uh, having me. On the heels of what you are calling a game-changing opportunity to acquire Europe's premier company in the most attractive market in our space. Why is this game-changing acquiring Wiesman? Well, it's a complete new chapter for Carrier, and it's the single best asset and the single best market in the world. It's the best market because if you look at the energy transition happening in Europe, it's like any other place in the world. It was accelerated before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It's only been further accelerated since. So what's happening is they're transitioning very rapidly to heat pumps and to renewables. And what happens when you transition from wall-hung boilers, say, in a home in Europe that's hanging in your bathroom wall, you take that down and you put a heat pump on, you're charging 4x as much. And 17 countries have banned or announced bans of the use of boilers. So you de facto, in a replacement market, have to mix up. The market's growing. The difficulty is it's really hard to break in because all throughout Europe for residential heating, these are multi-generation family-owned. We've come together with the single best company in Europe. Wiesman Climate Solutions, it's got the best brand, considered the Mercedes of the industry. It's got the best channel. They go direct to installers, the best technology. And they have solar PV and batteries, so they offer a complete integrated solution. It is a great, great day for Carrier. It's a great day for Wiesman. And together, we will be a global champion for integrated climate and energy solutions. All right, you mentioned, of course, generational uh, companies that families control. It always takes a lot of money to potentially part them from their company, and you did so here. I mean, it's 700 million in euros, uh, VBITDA, but you're paying over 12 billion enterprise value. Why is that a number that your shareholders would say, okay, we can accept that? And by the way, three times sales. Yes, you're paying, we're paying 13x fully synergized 2023 EBITDA numbers. We think the valuation makes a lot of sense, especially when you look at the top and bottom line growth. Their top and bottom line is growing mid-teens. So when you look at the valuation we paid, we could have waited perhaps, I mean, a few years and paid exponentially more. We're getting it at the absolute perfect time at what we think is a very fair valuation. Uh, you're also doing some other things with the rest of the company. In fact, you're, uh, you're divesting. Uh, commercial refrigeration, fire and security. These are not insignificant parts of your company. Why are you looking to part with them? Strategic fit. You know, I think every company has to define its strategic focus and ours is to be the global leader for intelligent energy and climate solutions. And when we looked at it, we said, look, we have a great portfolio of fire and security businesses and our commercial refrigeration, which is these supermarket displays and cabinets, it's a great, great business. It just doesn't fit with our strategic North Star. So we are going to sell, exit those businesses over the course of the next year or so. We're going to use those proceeds. We'll pay down further debt. We'll do the buyback, at least equivalent to the shares that we issue as part of this deal. And then we'll further invest in our core. But it's all about staying focused. And you all know when we spun from UTC, we created a lot of value by staying focused. We're going to further focus the entity. Okay, so Dave, thank you for being here, first of all. Uh, ideologically, uh, Europe seems to be rebelling against the notion of great companies getting together. And I'm wondering whether in Germany, someone might just say, wait a second, why can't Gitlin develop his own energy transition, sustainable 
uh, heat system. Why do we have to have our crown jewel sold to American company? It, it, are you worried about the ideology of Europe? I'm not. And the reason is, is that this is a great deal for Europe. This is a great deal for Germany. It's a great deal for Europe because this is a deal that's all about growth. It's growth, growth, growth. So when we come in and we meet with the German government officials, what they're going to immediately see is for the 11,000 Wiesmann family members, employees that they have, we're going to be investing in this. We talked about 200 million of synergies. It's all procurement and insourcing. We're going to be investing in the factories, investing in the growth, and together we could take, create opportunities for them outside of Europe. It's great for Germany. But, but if it's all about growth, your former colleague, Judy Marks, today from Otis, said that there's definitive weakness everywhere other than Spain and Italy. And she had been very bullish on all of Europe. She's worried about Germany, worried about France. You're not? I'm not, and I'll tell you why is that in a world where there's, you guys are on air every day talking about global economic concerns and potential recessions, people are looking for reliable, sustainable growth. If there is any market in our space where you can go to bed at night knowing there's growth, it's European residential heating. It is the most attractive market and it's the market we're not in because it's a 90%, 80-90% replacement business. When your heating fails and you're in Germany in the middle of the winter, you're sure as hell gonna replace it. And what are you gonna replace it now with is a heat pump that you're spending 4X as much on than you were on the boiler. So even if they didn't gain any share, even if that, that the heat, you know, the, the no unit growth, the mixed growth itself has to drive growth. So I'm not worried about what's gonna happen in, in the various countries within Europe at a macroeconomic level. The mix-up is forcing growth. Where are we on heat pumps in this country? We're growing. I would tell you 40% today of our split sales in the United States are heat pumps today. So it's very ubiquitous when you get into the south. We still have to make it so it has an equal coefficient of performance in the north, and then you'll see it expand there. But we're growing our heat pump sales here at 20 to 30% a year. One of the differences in Europe, you're replacing a boiler with a heat pump where you're selling for three or four X as much. We don't get quite that mix-up advantage on the OEM side, but we, get a, we do get a mix-up. And finally, a, a, sorry. I got, I got check on China really quick and their recovery or their yeah. reopening. Yes, absolutely. You know, we actually saw our orders at a, at a macro level for, for carrier. Our orders were down a bit in the first quarter. I could tell you the demand is going to be very strong in China. We think we're going to grow 5 to 10% in China. We actually see demand starting to come back here in April. So yeah. we are very, very it's bullish on China. April is a good month in China. Yeah. Keep hearing. Um, well, uh, we didn't really get to the quarterly results as well, but certainly happy for the update, Dave, and uh, appreciate your coming here to join us. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Dave Gitlin, a carrier. When we come back, Jim, we'll see you tonight, uh, 6 p.m. Well, tonight I'm going to host the uh, Commitment to Cure to, to Cures Dinner. I've done a lot with the Brain, American Brain Foundation, and I am the master of ceremonies. They've been great to me and helped me tremendously, along with a lot of other people. Look forward to that. We'll see you soon. When we come back, uh, more reaction to the U.K. As you know, blocking the Microsoft Activision deal. Dow's up four. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. 
This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.